Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast, the podcast that will teach you to take your Shopify store and turn it into an automated sales machine with the latest marketing, email, sales, and social media advice, strategies, and tips from experts without the fluff. Your host, Caroline Balinska, the founder of JustAskParker.com, the only small marketing task agency for Shopify owners. With over 10 years experience in marketing, manufacturing, design, and e-commerce, she shares her knowledge and interviews the experts to help you in your journey to success. Now, here's your host, Caroline Balinska. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a wonderful guest today, and I'm so excited to have a fellow podcaster on the show today. It's very exciting to have Michael Jackness on the line with me today. He is the host of Ecom Crew, and he is here talking about his own businesses today and what he's learned over the years. So Michael is the owner of Tarot. It is his business where he runs all of his business stuff from he owns icewraps.com, he owns colorit.com and wildbaby.com. So he has so much different stuff going on. So there's going to be so much great information in today's show all about e-commerce. So let's get into it. Let's talk to Mike and find out more about what he's doing. So hi, Mike. Welcome to the show. Thanks. It's uh, exciting to be here. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. I'm so glad that you wanted to come on the show because it's great hearing you do your podcast and it's really nice to collaborate and work together and let people know more about what's going on out there. So I do know something that you told me before that you don't really talk about yourself on your own podcast. So I'm very excited to have you here today talking <laughs> about yourself because it seems like something you don't do very often. So thank you for taking the time to do that today. It's always weird talking about yourself, right? So uh, at least the, the pre-e-commerce stuff, especially because people don't want to hear about that stuff typically on an e-commerce podcast. No, that is so true. But it also does say a lot about you and your history and how you've come to where you are now, because I think that that does give you a lot of the knowledge that you've got. You didn't just come into this yesterday and start running these businesses. You have a really good history behind all of the e-commerce that you do now as well. Yeah, without a doubt, the past life I've had with doing other other things online has definitely contributed to my thought space these days. And I think I have an advantage because Previously, I was doing affiliate marketing or doing SEO or content marketing and, and these types of things. And those are typically things that people think about way down the line in e-commerce, but I think they're actually essential building blocks. So the sites that we've run, we've thought about SEO from day one. And a couple of years into it, when people start to typically think about SEO, we're, we're already miles ahead of that because we've spent the previous two years already doing it. So it's definitely been an advantage uh, that I've had from, from all that previous experience. Fantastic. So you've been selling online for a while. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the different brands that you actually run? Yeah. So I actually started selling stuff online in, in 1998, back when eBay was actually more relevant than it is now. But most recently in, in e-commerce land, the, the way that we got started is I was a big domain investor and, and still am. And one of the domains that we had purchased was treadmill.com. And I wasn't intending it to be an e-commerce site. I was buying it as an investment and thought I would make it an affiliate marketing site, which was my background from before. And at some point I was like, you know what? I, I really don't think that what we're doing with these domain names is going to do justice for these big, powerful domain names moving forward. I think Google is going to, to change their algorithm. I don't think we're really adding a lot of value to the world by what we're doing. And it was 
almost an overnight decision of let's just turn this into an e-commerce site and and see what happens. So that's what we did. And in our first year, we sold seven figures of fitness equipment on on treadmill.com and ran that for a couple of years and, until we ended up selling it and uh, moved on to the next project. Wow. So I love that story, how it, it wasn't something you expected to do. It was just something that turned into that. And um, I think that there's a lot of people that go through that where they start off thinking, oh, I'm just going to try something like this and then it turns into something different. So it's great to know that there can be a lot of success from that as well. Yeah, Matt, I think the thing that helped us be successful with it, and this has just been my personality since I was like a little kid, is just because I don't know how to do something isn't going to stop me from doing it. So, I mean, I legitimately knew nothing about e-commerce. I mean, I was, when we started treadmill.com, the first thing I did was type into Google something along the lines of like, what are e-commerce hosting platforms or, you know, how do I start an e-commerce site? I was like legitimately typing in those types of searches and uh, we're, you know, we looked at, at big commerce and Shopify and a bunch of these other different platforms. And that, that was how we got started. And I never had logged into any of these things or knew how to even set up a, a take credit card payments or do anything. But again, that just didn't stop me because I feel like, uh, that to me, that's the exciting thing is learning something new. I mean, some it, it's just the personality traits. Some people resist change or are afraid of, of the unknown. For me, that's the exciting part. When it gets to the point where I've figured it out, it becomes much less exciting to me. I know what you mean. I'm exactly the same. I know that feeling. So how does um, Ice Wraps and Color It and Wild Baby all work together? How did you end up with those three different, very, very different sorts of brands all working together for you? Yeah. So again, I think everything in life is just kind of building blocks and experiences and you learn from from one thing to the next. And when we were running treadmill.com, the things that I that I realized at that point for me, and every everyone's different, so every, every business model is different, but... I, I didn't like dealing with big, heavy pieces of equipment because I learned that trucking companies are really unreliable. I, I didn't like drop shipping because I had to deal with uh, you know selling something to somebody and then finding out it was out of stock, or selling something and having to wait three, five days for it to ship. Uh, you know things that were all out of my control. I didn't like. Uh, drop shipping as well because I was also competing against the same people that were drop shipping it for me. The, the actual manufacturers were selling selling the stuff. I didn't feel like I had any type of competitive advantage other than the fact that we own treadmill.com, but like we weren't the manufacturer. We didn't we couldn't control map pricing. We couldn't control like other sellers. It was just there was a lot of things that were out of our control. And the the trucking part of it was one of the things that probably was the most frustrating because it was basically impossible to deliver something on time. And you know, this is something that people would take a half a day off of work for to set up a, a four hour window a delivery appointment. And when, uh, you know, there's a missed delivery appointment, then they're having to take another half day off of work and they just spent two, $3,000 on a treadmill. It created a lot of really upset customers. And that was the thing that I really didn't, I didn't like. So when we wanted to get into the next, the next business, it was like, okay, here's like a list of things for, again, for me, I think everyone, everyone's different, but I was at a point where I was like, you know what? I want to have the inventory in my possession and be able to, to ship it the same day, make, make happier customers. Uh, and so we, we ended up buying icestraps.com and that was the way that it, it kind of happened was that we, we sold treadmill.com and 
I, I actually had one employee that was that worked for us for, for treadmill.com. He was just a really great employee, still was a good friend of ours. And I didn't want to have to lay him off. Number one, I didn't want to lay him off. But number two, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, it's hard to find like really good employees. So I was like, this, this guy can help us build the next e-commerce business. And I've learned so much in e-commerce to this point, running treadmill.com for a couple of years, I felt like the next thing would be really successful. So I took that list and basically it was, I want something that's small, relatively easy to ship, doesn't, uh, isn't breakable in shipping. I can ship via common carrier, doesn't have like a technology component to it that's changing every year. So if I write content about uh, a particular model number or rank well for a model number, I don't have to worry about the next year it, that model number changes. And, and that's how we ended up with ice wraps. It was that set of criteria that I was looking for and, and ice wraps fell within that. So I think there you actually touch on something very important that I always talk about is the understanding the foundation of your business. And I think that you have actually gone right down to the very, very basics of what do I want to achieve from this business? What do I want to get out of it? So, um, and you learned that, you know, the hard way. Yeah. It's not like you just realized that I made a similar mistake. My first e-commerce store, I started my own shoe label designing, manufacturing out of China. Um, didn't realize how big the boxes were and how much <laughs> work it was going to be to store all those boxes of shoes. Yeah. So I totally understand what you mean by, you know, those sort of things. And that's you and I learning from trial and error. Yeah. And I think a lot of people out there don't sit down and think about these things. So I think that what everyone can hear from what Mike's saying right now is learn from our mistakes, learn from the mistakes we made before. Don't just jump into something thinking this feels like it's going to be really good have a look at all of those things, tick off all the boxes of does this actually suit my lifestyle? Can I actually make this happen? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and so if, if there was lessons to be learned with treadmill.com, there were similar lessons that we learned from running icetraps.com and that's why we you know, started Color It. So the things that we kind of learned from, it wasn't our mistakes. So we still run icetraps.com and it's actually still our biggest brand. So there wasn't, any mistakes that were necessarily made with that particular site. It just, I learned as we were starting to really get into the marketing angle of it, uh, I learned one really important thing and that it's really hard to market boring products. You know, it's like, you're never going to get someone to be like, Oh my gosh, I stuck this ice pack in the freezer and it got cold. <laughs> like, and they're, gonna, they're not going to, that's not, ex- that's not exciting. They're not going to share about that. And uh, it, you know, so you, the, the coloring part of it was, Okay, well, first of all, we want to have our own brand. When we started Ice Wraps, we were buying and reselling other people's products, which is, is a fine business model, um, and we still do that component. But we've now added our own house brand, and Ice Wraps now is primarily the, the bulk of the revenue we do is, is our own branded products. And we, but we weren't doing that at the time for Ice Wraps. When we, we started Colorate, that was, we wanted it to be like an exclusive, our products only company that also incorporated the, the passion part of it. So people that like to color uh, really like to color and they're really passionate about it and they want to share their creations, you know, the things that they, they color and draw. So it's easy to get up in, in a great community of, of very active people that, um, that, that enjoy our products. And I think that's really important. The other thing that I learned and that the reason we did color as well I think it's very important to have a good lifetime value of a customer. And 
something like treadmill.com, you're, you're never going to sell them a second treadmill. You know, it, it, uh, you're never going to sell somebody, or it's very difficult to sell somebody uh, a second ice wrap. If they buy uh, a knee ice wrap, for instance, to, to ice their knee, like there's no reason to get a second one. If you sold them a good product and doesn't fall apart in a month, like they're, they're not going to go buy another one. Like you've solved that problem and they're never going to talk to you again. Versus color it, when someone colors through one of our books, they need to go buy another book or they color through their, their pencils down to a nub, they need to buy more pencils or their markers dry out, same thing, they need to buy more markers. So that was another thing that we were you know, very cognizant of when we were looking for another brand to start that it also fit uh, that set of criteria uh, as well. And that's where a lot of the marketing things that we do today have become incredibly effective and we may or may not have a time to talk about some of those things today on this podcast, but you can probably imagine, you know, marketing is a lot more effective when you can sell somebody something again versus having something that you can only sell them once. So that was some of the reasons why we, why we wanted to start color it. Yeah. Fantastic. I, the whole coloring, it's it, the craze has just gone through the roof, hasn't it? It's something that a lot of people I think there's probably people listening to this not understanding exactly how how powerful that area is, that genre of people who love that colouring. So like you said, you've really got a good clientele of return clients. Yeah, yeah. And that's where Wild Baby comes in as well, yeah? Once people buy something for their baby, they're back for more products? Same thing, yeah. And we also, uh, we didn't talk about the intro, but we also own tactical.com, uh, which is... Uh, one of those other keyword domain investments that I had made early on. And what we're doing with that now is that's actually a, a content site, but we have a, a another brand we're launching that we've launched this year. We're just not really talking about a whole bunch yet, but it, um, it's also a Shopify store, but the same concept, people that are really into in the hiking or fishing or hunting, survivalism, prepping, backpacking, all these types of things that fall under the tactical umbrella, very passionate Go, you know, once you have sold them one thing, it's very easy to sell them other, cross sell them other things or, or more of the same. And I think that that's a really important component to e-commerce. I mean, th- listen, there, there's plenty of brands that are successful that that have like a one one product. You know, it just it's like the one thing that they sell, and there's there there is no repeat business. It's definitely possible uh, to to make a living in e-commerce that way. But I think that you have a superior advantage if you have an ability to, to, to sell them more, more things down the road. So that's something that we look for. And again, everybody, everybody's business is different, but I think that, you know, email marketing becomes so much more powerful once you can sell them more of the same and you can, and Facebook ads become more powerful and you can change your, your cost of acquisition model and your timeline of like how long you need to, to make money back from a customer to stretching that out over time. If you have a good lifetime value of a customer versus having to make the math work in a vacuum of, I, I make $12 per sale on this item. I can never sell them another one of these. So I can only afford $11 or whatever you're willing to spend on marketing to acquire a customer. And that's, that's the end of the story. So having that repeat business opportunity, like really helps the math on a lot of advertising campaigns. Yeah, it's so true. And you mentioned, you said it before, and we were talking about it before we got on the recording, you were talking about the affiliate marketing side. And I guess 
with the different brands like Tactical and um, Color It, I guess, and I guess Wild Baby when it comes to affiliate marketing, how does that work for you with your knowledge of your background and how have you taken that forward now into e-commerce? Yeah. So, I mean, the thing that we really learn as an affiliate marketer, I mean, just for people that aren't familiar with that is, let me just kind of explain real quick what, what it is that we did back then and, and what affiliate marketing is. So we got good at, at creating content and, and ranking for content in, in search. So it could be, let's make, make it more of an e-commerce uh, example. Like what are the best trekking poles or whatever it might be. And people would, or best colored pencils is probably an even better example since we're talking about color more. So, you will know, we'll, we'll put together an article about the best colored pencils, which we rank number one for in Google. So that's the the search engine part of it. And ranking number one, uh, we review all the different types of pencils that are out there for coloring. And one of those pencils that are going to be on that list is going to be our own brand of pencils. So that we get the sale for that if they if they do buy that pencil. But we're also still affiliate marketers because we have in the list competitors' brands, and if they through our link and go buy off of Amazon or wherever it is, we still get uh, credit for that. So we kind of have the ability to, to get the best of both worlds. And because we have a, a background in content SEO and affiliate marketing, we also know what search terms are the best ones to go after that are going to produce the best results. And something like I just mentioned, like best colored pencils uh, is like, anything with the word best in front of it is typically like a really great thing to rank for because there's a high intention of purchasing. So I'd rather rank for best color pencils than just color pencils because people that are typing that in, like don't know what the heck it is they're even looking for. Uh, or they might just be looking to like how to, how to sharpen their pencil or how to blend with their pencil or uh, they, they, they have really no clue. But if you're typing in certain terms, you're going to, your, your intention to buy is going to be very high. So, you know, our, our goal is to rank high for high intention converting terms and also have the e-commerce aspect and affiliate marketing aspect like all kind of work together. Fantastic. And you seem to do a lot of different stuff like that. So when, as an example, best colored pencils, you would then recommend that people put that on the description of the actual pencils as well on the page as a SEO from an SEO standpoint as well. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of on-page factors with SEO uh, can get into some technical stuff, but you want to have a good title tag, a good H1 tag, which is the header tag on the, on the thing. Make sure you have best colored pencils on the page, uh, some subheaders, lots of photography. Like we pick a lot of pictures uh, but the, probably the, you know, with the limited amount of time we have, I think the best advice I can give is to write truly epic content about the subject. So as an example for this particular like exact example, the, the typical thing that you'll see out there when people do this is they spend 30 minutes to an hour like writing the post. They'll go on the Amazon, they type in color pencils, they find like the first five or 10 results, they steal the Amazon pictures, they make up you know, five sentences about each brand or each thing that they see out there and write a bunch of basically gibberish. I mean, it's just non, non-informed content, let's just say. And what we did for this particular thing was we actually bought seven competitors' products. And so we had ours and, and so we had eight, eight total. And what we did is we colored a, a, what's a, called a mandala. So it's like a circle that we kind of divided up into a, in the, in the eight slices and 
then colored with all eight different competitors' brand pencils uh, on on that drawing, and then made, made a picture of that as a part of the, the post so people could see visually how all eight brands stacked up against each other in terms of vibrancy and, and the color palettes and all that different stuff. Uh, and then we did several different tests with each one where we were using a similar amount of pressure on each one and used it on the same type of paper and, and then compared everything and swatched everything and showed it all side by side, took our own photography of all the products and wrote this truly epic piece of content that's better than everything else out there about this subject. And more than anything else, that's the reason why we rank number one because like it, we, we leapfrog over everything else that was already out there about this subject because most of the stuff is, is thin, crappy content that the average affiliate marketer is, is putting out there trying to just rank number one and they don't really care about uh, anything. So, I mean, our approach is we want to legitimately have the best piece of content out there. When someone reads this piece of content we're going to put out, make it actually answer their question and be helpful and have them learn something like really learn something from reading our posts and feel like they've come away better for it. And like legitimately and the, the money part of it will, will come later, like naturally come. Like we know if we meet, if that's, if we meet the other goal of actually answering their question and helping them, the other parts of our business goals will, will fall in line. So that's kind of the reader's digest version of that. No, so really what that comes down to is you're just going that extra mile, that extra little bit of, it's a, it sounds like a lot of effort when, but really it's not like it took you five years to do it. It's a couple of extra hours, a couple of dollars put into investing into the pencils, getting that um, content put together. But even if it took you 20 hours to do that, then it would be worth it because you've created something that the next person to try to catch up to you is going to take that much time and the chances of someone doing that is very slim by what you're saying. Exactly. I mean, very few people are willing to put in the hard work and, you know, things are changing within Google. And if you just give, instead of playing games, you know, there's always black hat and gray hat SEO where you're trying to constantly see what gets you around the rules today and, and you can get some backlinks or you can, submit yourself to a link farm or, I mean, all these, you know, throw extra, you know, the keyword density on the page or all these different things that you can use to, to kind of game the system, or you can just do what Google is setting out to constantly do, which is provide the best content for, for their customer. So when, I mean, Google is the best search engine because they deliver the best results. And so like they're constantly legitimately going to try to deliver the best piece of content. And if you just, play by those rules and, and work a little bit harder than the next guy, then you can actually win at that game pretty, pretty easily. Cause most people aren't looking at it from that perspective. Yeah, it's so true. It's a lot of people say to me, oh, I hate that I'm not on the first page of Google. And it's like, well, just do a better job of what you're doing <laughs> Yeah, because Google yeah. wants to help people. That's what their aim is, is to help people. So they're helping the person that's doing the search. Exactly. And you know, backlinks still do matter, but if you think about people that are that typically link to other sites, I mean, if you make a piece of content that's worth linking to, it's a lot easier to get links. You don't, I mean, we don't even really ever ask for links. You know, you're just producing great content, you'll you get good links. I mean, or, or doing things like this. I mean, like you know, taking the time to go do podcasts. I mean, these typically get backlinks to our e-commerce site and. You know, other things where you're like actually providing value and doing 
doing a good job out there, not worrying about like the, you know, the, the you know, direct money aspect of it or whatever. It, it, it's just, it can, we're providing really great content. Hopefully this type of thing helps people get your name out there. People typically will, you know, when you write the show notes, it gets a link back. This is like the types of ways to, to do SEO that aren't gaming the system versus the cheap, quick and easy way of doing it. And I guess that's a thing at the moment. And you know, this, uh, that all of these people that are talking about the fast way to make money and the, you know, set up a drop shipping business and you'll be a millionaire in five minutes. Most, <laughs> no. yeah, most of those people are lying. There is the occasional case where someone makes a lot of money, but I was just talking to someone the other day. They were telling me that their client makes a million dollars a year from their drop shipping business and bragging about it. And then the, this friend of mine said, so how much profit do you make? Oh no, I mm. haven't made any profit in four years. <laughs> so, you know, it's easy to have a turnover of money, but whether you make money or not, it's very, it takes work. It takes effort. It's not an overnight success. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things there. To, I mean, first of all, like you aren't making money as you're saying, like we, sales does not equal profit like in any way, shape or form. So, um, and, and in anything where there's a get rich quick aspect to stuff, even if it, it, it is true, for the early adopters of whatever get rich quick things that people are pitching, it always dries up really quickly. Mm. I mean, it just, that's just math. I mean, if, if you're making money doing something and it's really easy, then people are going to flock to it in droves and copy it and do the same thing. And, and they're going to be willing to make less money on a per transaction basis. You are a lot of times just an like instant race to the bottom and it just completely erodes like any actual value out there. So, you know, the further you are away from that end of the spectrum, the better off you're going to be. I mean, this is why we, you know, have created our own brand and we don't do drop shipping because if it's easy, then other people can do it. So we actually purposefully like we look at the complexity as an as the opportunity or, you know, having to go out and do all this stuff and actually like legitimately providing value and building a community, making really great content that's really sticky and going to get results. Like that is not a get rich quick scheme. That is a lot of work. I mean, we talked about this on art. Like we're one of the few, I think out there that's always talking about like how hard this is. It's not, I don't think that there's any aspect of selling online. That's a get rich quicker, easy thing. But like, I think you can build like a really great long-term defensible business that can be eventually sold at a really great multiple or, or whatever it is that you want to do that legitimate investors are going to, if you look at it from that perspective, are you building a business that Silicon Valley or wall Street's going to want to invest in because it's, it's a really great business. And if you have that type of a business, it's, it's going to be more work, right? It's, it, 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 if it was easy, everybody would be doing it kind of thing like you, you mentioned. So that's more the angle that we take with, with what we do. Yeah, I love it. So true. And what are your, you've just given us one strategy of creating that content 
for people um, to share. But what are some other strategies that you suggest for getting more traffic to? And this is usually, I, I know what you're probably thinking because most people come to us and say, I want more traffic. It's like, no, you need to get more conversions because getting traffic is the easy part. But let's just talk about this. Some stores out there, they're just starting out. They don't have any traffic at all. How can they get more traffic? And of course, the right traffic. Yeah. I mean, it's always uh, the chicken and egg, right? It's uh, it, you, you need traffic before you can get sales. So uh, I, we obviously already talked about content marketing, search engine optimization, search engine marketing. So we, we've covered that. Uh, one of the things that we really work on now that it's been a very successful component for us is, is Facebook advertising. And uh, one of the things I didn't mention when we were look, when we look to evaluate things that were going to launch, uh, I, I forgot this one. So it's, it's perfect time to bring this up. We look for an audience that is obvious and easy to pick uh, within Facebook. So let's use ice wraps as an example and then color it as an example I'll use Color It first. So if I want to run Facebook ads for Color It, it's incredibly easy to pick an audience with like no knowledge of how like Facebook even really works that's going to like almost guarantee you success because there's actually an interest on Facebook of coloring books. People, you know, when they fill out their profile, they they mark all the different things that they like. Coloring books is is one of those things. It's a it's a million person audience uh, within the United States alone. Versus something like ice wraps is incredibly difficult to target. Like, I can't. What, who do you target? Do you target all old people? You know, because like they typically have more aches and pains. Well, I mean that doesn't really work because not every you know seventy year old or whatever you might or sixty five plus person is necessarily going to have a need or an ache and pain or something that they want right right then and there. Uh, or okay, well maybe you target people who play sports. Well, again, you can't just target hockey because not everybody that plays hockey is going to have shoulder pain or whatever, whatever it might be. So that was one of the other things that we learned and we purposefully, when we were developing color, it, uh, we looked for that there's an interest, very targeted interest on Facebook to, to advertise to. And the same thing goes for, for baby. Um, it's very easy to target uh, parents with, with kids. You can pick, there's an interest group of, Parents with kids that are zero to two years old, which is our target market. Uh, same thing for tactical. Like it's very easy to target people who like hiking, backpacking, hunting, fishing, prepping, survivalism, homesteading, uh, doomsday under the world, uh, guns, all, you know, all these different types of things that fall under the tactical umbrella. Uh, and they're big, big audiences. That was, that was one of the things we learned, uh, after running color for multiple years, even though we were, we've had a lot of success the audience is relatively small. A million people sounds like a big number and, and it is when you first get started, but over a couple of years, you'll saturate that. So when we do something like tactical now, when we, that's the reason we picked this brand, we're talking about tens and tens of millions of people aggregated, especially when you add up all the things I mentioned, homesteading, camping, prepping, survivalism, you know, all, all these things, you add up all those different categories. It's you know, 50, 60, 70 million people in the United States alone uh, like one of those categories. So now we have like this massive, really deep audience to, to advertise to. So our Facebook advertising uh, is typically really successful because of that. Um, and it wasn't like by accident. I mean, this was strategically thought of. So, I mean, unless you have a product, like there's a, a friend of mine that sells uh, 
this this keychain thing where instead of having 20 like loose keys in your pocket, you put it in this like really organized thing that you screw the keys into and you can kind of flip out the key like a, a knife blade on a Swiss army knife. That's something that can appeal to everyone. So you can run ads to like people, <laughs> just everybody, really everyone 25 and over or whatever, uh, whatever you might do that, that, that type of product can, can cast a really wide net and you can be successful with Facebook marketing. But other products like ice wraps are just never going to be successful with, with Facebook marketing. So again, very deliberate with color it while baby uh, and tactical. So for us, that's been even for a brand new brand that we're launching, been incredibly successful uh, getting traffic through, through that paid advertising. So is there any brands that you think don't work well on Facebook ads then specifically that you go, don't touch that. Yeah, things like uh, ice wraps is like a great example where it's it's very difficult because it's hard to target. Even something like a treadmill, like if we were selling treadmills still, I think very difficult to do through Facebook ads. Anything that has a price point above $100 is starts to get to get more difficult to sell because now you're in a category of like it's more I think there's a psychological thing that it's more than one bill. Like people still uh, there's been a lot of studies about this where if they had to pull more than one bill out of their pocket, uh, they, they equate it to being significantly more expensive. So something that's like $101 in someone's mind is astronomically more expensive than something that's $99, even though it's only 2% more money. Uh, it, psychologically, it's let's say 50 or 100 or 200% more expensive mentally. So you get past that hurdle, it becomes more difficult. Um, and it also becomes more difficult because the the buying cycle is much longer. Like you, you have to hit somebody on the right day when they're ready to make that that life changing goal of of losing weight. You know, there's obviously people that that buy a treadmill for their home because they're already fitness nuts, and you know they they want to be able to run ten miles on a day that it's raining or snowing or really really cold or really really hot or whatever outside. Uh, but those people are few and far between. The majority of, of fitness equipment gets sold to people who are overweight, they're upset about the way that they look or they want to make themselves look better or they don't, they don't feel good about themselves. And today's the day that they're going to make that change. And it's hard to, to be there like on that day. And so like if those types of ads become, become really, really difficult to, to pull off versus something that's like spontaneous, like someone can see a coloring book ad or uh, a baby onesie or a tactical product that we sell that that's done well, like a, a flashlight or credit card multi-tool or something and just be like, I want that. I want that now. I'm going to buy it. They don't think about it. It's 20 bucks, whatever. Uh, those types of things work way better than the the other end of the spectrum. And there's there's probably a lot of other examples of things I can come up with uh, that, that are more difficult. But in generalities, I think that that's, after spending a million dollars in Facebook and over the last few years, those are kind of the things that I've, that I've learned. Mm, fantastic. And so what would be some strategies that you recommend for people to get more sales, to get conversions on their website? So switching gears, thinking about conversions on your website, even in, in 2018, as we're recording this, um, it, people still have like these big barriers mentally of, of trust online. You, know, you think back to 1998 when e-commerce was like just kind of starting and budding, 
people are like, I would never spend money online. I like, give your money like online. Like, this is still a problem, like shockingly still a problem. People don't think about it as a problem as much anymore because so much stuff gets purchased on Amazon and Amazon's you know already got your credit card information and, and kind of really lowered those barriers and you don't think about the internet being a scary place and purchasing anymore. But when you have a Shopify store, it's, you know, a lot of people that come to that still have this, this mental block. And I know this because we've been doing it for, for five years and we take phone calls and talk to our customers. And often, you know, they'll call in because they're afraid to give us their credit card, for instance. Now they don't realize that we're like literally just taking the order and typing it into the Shopify store anyway, because that's, like how we would place an order over the phone uh, and, and that there's really no risk. But the, the thing I'm really trying to get to here is it's important to, to, to have a trustworthy looking website. So it, it's, and it's one of these examples of the, the extra work you do at the end that lasts 1% to like get it to looking really refined, it, it, I think makes a big difference. And so we, we do things on our website to help with this that we've studied uh, a lot. Um, you know, we make sure that uh, our phone number is prominently displayed in the header, for instance. We make sure that on the product page that it's really clear uh, what our return policy is uh, because that's the other thing people are really concerned about. It's like, if I buy this and I don't like it, how big of a hassle is it going to be for me to return it? Um, Am I going to have to pay for return shipping? Are they going to actually take it back? Are they going to, you know, all these different types of things I think are really important. So we make sure that our return policy is really clear. And, and for something like Color It, we, we've decided to just institute a 30-day, no questions asked return policy. And we actually like make fun of this on our website. We, we talk about like, we'll take it back for any reason. Like you colored it and you don't want it anymore or you, you uh, you're, you bought it for your your boyfriend and he broke up with you and he doesn't want it anymore, you can return it for that. If you uh, if zombies like spill brains on it or whatever, like we say something s- stupid or funny like that, we'll, we'll take it, we'll still take it back. Like it, no questions asked means no questions asked. And we try to really convey that. And we, you can't do that with every brand and every product. So we have, we have different return policies for our different brands because um, you know, obviously you couldn't do that with a treadmill because it's big and heavy to deal with. So you gotta, you gotta, pick your return policy based on, on the products, but we tend to be more liberal with it than conservative with it. Because if you are always worried about like the one person that's going to take advantage of you, uh, then you're losing sales of people that are like legitimate customers. And uh, some days like we had people like flat out rip us off and we know it. We actually just had a customer the other day we were talking about it here joking. They said that they got their coloring book and it had coffee spilled all over it. Uh, and they wanted to return it because of that. And like, we know that there's a 0% chance that the thing showed up a coffee spilled on it. Like we, we ship it out of here. We would have seen that and it's shrink wrapped. <laughs> like we shrink wrapped the book to protect it. Yeah. <laughs> it's impossible. Like what they're saying is impossible, but you know, do we change our return policy to pre- prevent that one person out of 10,000 from screwing us? Or do we have it there to make other people feel comfortable and get over that hurdle? So it's really important to like make sure that that, that that's clear. Uh, the other thing is the shipping time. You know, unfortunately, Amazon has set a really high expectation and bar of everything's going to show up in two days. So it's important to you make sure that on your on your page it's very clear how long it's going to take 
to get to get the thing to the person. And in that same thought process, it's also really important to have free shipping on your website. Uh, regardless if you ship everything for free all the time under no circum- or no uh, preconditions or uh, what we found has worked really well is to set uh, a bar to, to hit like $30, $50, whatever, whatever the number is uh, to, to qualify for free shipping because people in this day and age uh, often won't buy if, if they have to pay shipping. Like it just puts the brakes on it and stops them in their tracks and we're like, I'm, I'm out of here. See you later uh, because of shipping. So, uh, and the last thing I'll mention just real quick is, is site speed is also another really important factor. If you have a really slow loading website, uh, there's been lots of studies about this that uh, for, for every second longer it takes for your, your site to load, uh, there's an exponential drop off of, of uh, conversion rate. Uh, it's really important to make sure that your site loads quickly and efficiently. Uh, so this is something that we we test for and optimize for, and Google is also you know to pull the SEO conversation back into this. Uh, Google also looks at this uh, as a ranking factor. So if you have a slow website, uh, all things being equal, your site's going to rank lower than the guy who who's faster. So that's another important thing uh, for usability as well. Yeah, fantastic. And um, do you have any apps that you recommend? Do you have, um, I always like to get three different apps that you would recommend to store owners. That you oh, well, can... I only get to pick three. Only three, <laughs> only three. <sighs> um, oh, you can tell me a model two more, but let's keep it. Yeah. Um, I think the, one of the ones that we, we really just can't live without these days is, is the Zipify app stuff, Ezra Firestone stuff. Um, he's also a good friend of mine. So, um, that might have something to do with it, but I mean, the the reality is that the page builder and one click upsell stuff has made a dramatic difference in our business. I mean, you look at what we do today versus a couple of years ago before we had those apps. It's made probably the most dramatic positive difference. Uh, being able to make landing pages uh, on the fly that line up perfectly with the Facebook advertising or or search engine campaigns that we're trying to do that look significantly better than the uh, the stuff that, that that Shopify allows you to do out of the box is, is really important. And then with that, the one-click upsell stuff, which allows you to increase the average cart value of every sale. We have an 11% average uh, take rate on, on upsells for the things that we offer upsells on, uh, which dramatically increases our, our average cart value and, and our revenue. Um, so th- those two things hand-in-hand the other one that people probably don't talk about a lot, there's a lot of other apps. If I'm only going to pick uh, another one, and I have to go back and look at the name of it real quick, but uh, we have an app that backs up our store. Uh, I think it's called Rewind now that I think about it. And as a ex-IT guy, you know, a guy that came out of, I, I, before I was doing affiliate marketing, all that back in, uh, in 2003, before I left my, my job, uh, I was the director of IT for a pretty large company. So I come from that background and uh, there's nothing worse than like losing all of your data. Mm-hmm. And you know, once you introduce uh, employees, especially into your business, like there, there's not a lot of safety net from someone going in and just like deleting all your products or you know, doing something really nasty to your store. So having the ability to, to restore is really good, but it also protects you against yourself. Like I, I think that uh, I'm, I'm, just knowledgeable enough in programming uh, and in IT stuff to, to be really dangerous. So there's been more than one time that 
uh, I've edited something and completely broke my store. <laughs> and uh, being able to click a button and be able to, to restore it uh, is like a really good feeling. And, and it actually makes, because I know I have that safety net, it allows me to be a little bit more uh, aggressive and creative or, or whatever uh, when I'm doing things. I don't have to worry about like, if I do break this, uh, what are the repercussions? I can just, I can restore it. So if I'm, if I'm forced to only pick three apps, uh, two that have made a big difference and one that I think that people don't talk about often, those, those would be the ones. Yeah, definitely. Um, I will get the links from you for Ezra's two apps that you're talking about because they're not actually in the Shopify store. They You need to find them separately. He's not in the Shopify store yet, is he? In the- I, I think he is now, actually. Oh, think- he is now. Okay. Yeah, I believe so. I yeah. always go through the other links, but we'll put that in the show notes. So the links to Ezra's two apps that you're talking about, the page builder and the upsell. And also the link to that, the backup app that you're talking about, because I think everyone needs to have a look at those in more detail and see exactly what it means for them. Yep. And it is called Rewind. I just confirmed real quick. as I was Okay. Fantastic. will be in the show notes. And so what do you think the future of e-commerce is? You're building all these brands and I'm sure you're the best person to ask about this. What's the future look like? I mean, it's, it's always tough to, I, I never, I'm never right with this stuff, but I'll give you my, uh, <laughs> it's hard to predict the future, right? Mm. Uh, let's start with the obvious stuff. I think that without question, e-commerce is going to continue to grow. I mean, the, I, there, there can't be, there can't be a scenario that where people are going to be like, you know what? I'm, I'm sick of buying online. This is just too damn convenient. I'm going to go back to the mall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it just, that isn't going to happen. So, I think that, that that's a great spot to be in. Like if you are even just getting started or, or contemplating, it might, is it too late to like launch a Shopify store? Like hell no. Like, I mean, we're, we're still in the, in the infancy. Um, I think you need to pick the proper lane though. I think things like drop shipping or the things, the, the, the low value drop shipping stuff where people are talking about this. You see, I see Facebook ads for this stuff all the time. Like take my, my drop shipping course and you'll be a millionaire overnight, kind of what you were alluding to earlier, that's going to become an even more and more crowded space. It's going to become even more difficult to do that. And I already think we're kind of past that. Like I think anyone that's talking about that stuff is, is flat out full of crap personally. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know these people and I'd love to have a debate with them. If you can get one of them on the podcast, I'll, I'll debate them with. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. I am yet to meet one that I completely think that, yeah, I, yeah. there's a lot of things out there that are said, but not proven. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, mean, I think that that, that's a factor. And I think, unfortunately, the thing that I don't like, I, I think that Amazon's going to continue to get a bigger and bigger piece of the pie. But one, one bold prediction that I'm going to make, I actually think that Amazon's going to fall from grace. Uh, I actually see a, a situation potentially coming where it, it's like dramatic. We're like Amazon five years from now or 10 years from now, whatever it might be is like as relevant as like Sears is today. I just, I think that there there's, you've seen this type of cycle through history as company get bigger and bigger and, and try to conquer more and more things out of their original core competency uh, and, and, and get too big for their britches. I mean, what, what's happened is that, you know, sellers on Amazon, the relationships flipped to where Amazon's needed those people, uh, and now it's the other way around where they don't need them as much as, as the, uh, the, you know, as it was before because mm-hmm. 
these sellers have helped build their infrastructure and Amazon's now have like has all this power. But what's happened is because there's another, if there's a drop shipping on Shopify money grab, there's a, a selling on Amazon money grab is, is an equal thing. And when you, ha- when you create these environments, people are o- like, just like SEO, like wh- whenever there's money to be made, there's always going to be people that are going to be trying to, to do black hat tactics to do you know, illegal or, or immoral tactics, whatever you want to call them. And so that same thing is happening on Amazon. I think it's destroying the platform, you know, fake reviews, counterfeit products. I mean, all these things are starting to get some light where Amazon was like the, the, the cheapest and most trustworthy place to shop online. It's becoming quickly not that way anymore. I think that people are more and more are not shopping on Amazon first or, or not completing the sale on Amazon, which is really exciting for Shopify store owners because if that segment of, of e-commerce can continue to grow uh, outpacing Amazon, which it hasn't in the past, I think that we're going to see a shift there. And I think that's a pretty bold prediction. Um, oh, I like it though. I do yeah. like it. I like I mean, I the just, fact that uh, you're coming out with something like that. Yeah. I mean, I just, again, I, I, I've seen it happen in other industries. I mean, that's the unfortunate thing about getting older. <laughs> you see things happen, same patterns, even in different, in different niches. And you know, people don't understand Amazon. Like, I mean, we, we, we also sell on Amazon as well as on, on Shopify, but people, the average customer doesn't understand the relationship of third-party sellers and like how Amazon actually fits into the whole pie and everything. And when it gets to the point where people are buying, uh, there was a great uh, podcast about someone that bought a toothbrush and it was like a counterfeit toothbrush or whatever. Uh, and they didn't even understand like how this whole thing happened or they're reading reviews and it just, and, and it gets to the point where everyone knows it's all fake and BS. But when you lose that credibility, things happen really quick. Like the court mm-hmm. of public opinion changes things on a dime. Sometimes there's, there's definitely been other examples of that. Through like history. Facebook. Look at what happened. Like with Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great, great example. And you know, when, when the train starts going the other direction, you know, it, it becomes like trying to, to catch a falling knife. You know, it's, it's really, uh, really, really difficult. So, I, you know, I just, it may be my prediction of this Amazon things because I, I'm rooting for that to happen in some way uh, because they have made it really difficult for, for brand owners. Uh, and I think you know, clearly having your own Shopify store and presence uh, is, is, is a way better position to be in. Yeah, I think you're like me. You've been in e-commerce a lot longer than I have, but you know, I started 12 years ago, and the just the changes in the last 12 years. I think that no one needs to be scared that it's going to stay like this. That Amazon's the ruler. I I totally agree with you. Yeah, we've seen so much change in the last 10, 12 years that there's going to be continued change. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Fun times. Definitely fun times. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Uh... It, you know, it's hard to know what the future is going to bring, but that's, uh, I think uh, I will definitely smile a little if, uh, if that's the way things go. <laughs> well, it'll be great to get you back here in a couple of years where you can say, I told you so everyone, I told you so. <laughs> I, was, I was on the forefront of that thought. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so tell everyone how they can get in touch with you if they want to learn more about that you can help them in some way or about your podcast that I think everyone should listen to that as well. You've got really great episodes there. So tell everyone how they can get in touch with you, Mark. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so you mentioned off the bat, we have a podcast called Ecom Crew. It's E C O M C R E W on iTunes. It's also ecomcrew.com. It, the one of the things that we didn't talk about uh, on this on this particular podcast episode, one of the things that's really 
help propel our e-commerce businesses is something called value first marketing. So you, you know, re- develop a relationship with somebody first by giving them a ton of free stuff. Uh, so with e-commerce, it's been free downloadable content or uh, giveaways that we do every month or contests with our, our community or writing really good content about how to, how to use colored pencils or markers to shade or draw things or whatever. And, and so for e-commerce, for us, it's the same concept of, of this. We, we have the podcast, which is free, and we try to deliver uh, epic, really great content and really help people with that. We also have the blog, which uh, on ecomcrew.com that gets into all that as well. And we also have some uh, free mini courses you can sign up at uh, ecomcrew.com slash free that uh, the whole idea is to give a whole bunch of value first, but we, you know, the whole idea is that you get comfortable with us and uh, want to eventually join one of our premium uh, packages, which uh, gets you access to all of our courses and, and be able to email us with any questions you have and, and join our monthly webinars and all that good stuff. So it's another thing to apply to e-commerce as well. And we talk a lot about that stuff on the podcast blog and everything else. Fantastic. So I'd love to get you onto my summit, Mike, because I know that we haven't even scratched the surface when it comes to sort of the affiliate marketing with influencers and how that all works. And I know you're doing a lot of stuff with your brands and I think you can give a lot of advice in that area. So I'd love to have you on the summit that's coming up. And of course, you're going to have to come back on the show at some stage to say, I told you so when Amazon (laughs) falls down. So that'll definitely be another episode for us. But thank you so much for being here. It's been wonderful. And I'm really happy with all the advice you're giving everyone because you definitely have a lot of information to pass on because you have learned a lot over the years. Yeah, it's, it's easy to, to learn when you've been through the school of hard knocks, right? So I, I, and I'd love to pay it for it. So hopefully it's been, been helpful and I appreciate you having me on. Perfect. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for being here and thanks everyone for listening. Bye. Hi, it's Caroline again. Just before I wrap up this podcast, I wanted to have a quick word with you and let you know about the summit that I was just talking about with Mike. I have invited him on the summit and there'll also be about 15 to 20 other guests that are coming on. And everyone coming on the show will be an expert in social media influencing in some sort of way. We will have social media influencers on there talking about their experiences. I'm going to have marketing experts on there, people just like Mike who own their own brand and also other people who have apps. So we're going to have quite a few founders on there talking about apps that will help you with your social media influencer marketing. So it's going to be an amazing summit. It's run over three days. It's held from the 29th of October until the 31st of October. And over those three days, we will have speakers on every single day and you will get to watch it free over those three days. Now, if you're listening to this and it's after that date, don't worry, head over because you still can get access to a lot of the content for free. So head over to shopifyinfluencermarketingsummit.com and get all the information over there or just head over to justaskparker.com and look up the podcast and you'll find information on each of the podcast pages about the summit as well. But that was shopifyinfluencermarketingsummit.com and all the information is there for you. And just one more thing before I finish up is I wanted to ask you to leave a review for this podcast. I have had so much wonderful feedback about this podcast 
I've had amazing guests on so far and I've got a lot more amazing guests lined up as well. And I've been completely blown away because I've been ranked as number one in the e-commerce section for one of my episodes. And this podcast has also had five episodes in the top 200 for the whole category of business. And that is just amazing. It's mind-blowing to know that after just such a small amount of episodes so far that I can be ranking so well in the iTunes store and I'm blown away by it and I'm so happy to have all the guests that I've had on here involved in that process. But I would love you to leave a review. It's just going to help me find out which podcast episodes people love the most. So leave a review, let us know which episode you love, leave a review and tell us what you want to hear more of to help you succeed with your Shopify store. I can't wait to get more guests on. I'm taking this podcast all the way and so far it has been an amazing journey and I can't wait to go further with it. So thank you. Please leave a review. It'll really make a difference and make sure you go and check out shopifyinfluencermarketingsummit.com and check out all the information there. It's free from the 29th until the 31st of October. So make sure you come and check it out. Thanks for listening to the Winning with Shopify podcast. Join the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash winning with Shopify and get our show notes at justaskparker.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And as a listener, get 20% off at justaskparker.com by using the code podcast.